Welcome to Grayson 30 on WERALP Arlington 96.7 FM. This is Ed Mellick, and I'm joined by my co-host, Sal Dietrich. Sal, how are you feeling about tonight's program? Ed, tonight, man, what a month, this month of honoring our military on Grayson 30. It's Military Month, and tonight we're joined by Purple Heart Homes, founded by disabled veterans John Galena and Dale Beatty, just two amazing men. After being injured together in Iraq in 2004, they returned home to their communities where they received both appreciation for their service and help from that community adjusting to life with their injuries. They began to ask themselves the important question, why aren't all veterans treated this way? Why don't they all get the same level of support that they received? They decided to do something about it. They were called to action, created and started Purple Heart Homes, now providing housing solutions and service connecting disabled veterans. John and Dale, welcome to Grace in 30. Well, thank you, Sal, for for having us. And Ed, we really appreciate the uh, opportunity to be here. Oh, it's our pleasure. It's it's an honor. We really enjoy talking to you guys before the show. I did warn you, though, we did have, uh, you know, Samantha Christopher from uh, Purple Heart Homes on last week, so the bar's pretty high for you guys. I mean, you know, she's a Purple Heart recipient as well and and, uh, a Marine reservist, so, uh, you know, we'll have to kick it into high gear here. But, look, you you were injured together uh, in in Iraq in an IED explosion. Um, Dale, you were injured. You you had both of your legs... uh, lost below the knee and john you suffered severe back injuries uh, traumatic brain injuries and post-traumatic stress describe uh your homecomings what the reception was that you all received and how you two uh exited uh the military after that those that experience well i can say for one that uh john and i served together for you know eight eight or 10 years before this happened. So, you know, we, we knew each other very well, but we, we, we both had similar experiences as soldiers, uh, both stateside and deployment. Um, however, I think our returns were very different. Me being severely wounded, I uh, went through Walter Reed Army Medical Center, uh, stayed there for a year, and, um, you know, had to go through intensive rehab to get back to society. I guess you can say until they released me and I was retired and everything. John's was very different. He got off the airplane. He's handed orders and thanks. See you goodbye. So it was, um, he was already stop lost. He had been extended into Iraq and really, you know, he was told he could go to the VA. And of course I ended up in the VA system, but we both had two very different paths in getting there. Um, but I can say I've always been treated very well by, by most everyone I've met and had, had just great experience being fortunate to be in our military medicine system that my battle buddy saved my life and uh, you know the docs and therapists really enabled me to have a normal life and John what was it like for you coming go ahead and chime in what was I wanted to ask you what was it like for you coming home you actually deployed again like Dale said and then you know, you had injuries, and yet you deployed again, and then you exited the military and came home. Tell us a little bit about that. I think, uh, you know, again, and just to be you know, clear for my fellow brothers and sisters that have had multiple deployments in this uh, war, uh, you know, I didn't deploy again. I just returned to work. I was what we called RTD, return to duty. 
And uh, at the end of our deployment, at the end of our orders, uh, I returned home with the rest of our unit, you know, just the same. And when I got home, my contract with the military was up. And uh, being a guardsman and my contract being up, it was a very easy exit process. I met a couple of routine interviews, you know, with uh, doctors and, uh, you know, as you come home. And the process probably wasn't as good then as it is now. Uh, we're talking about 2004, 2005. So we were, you know, early into the wars. And uh, I think the biggest thing that we saw beyond, you know, just the, the variations in eg ways that veterans can exit the military and ways that they can physically return home, uh, we saw some, some similarities in our return and how the community viewed us as, how our communities viewed us as Iraq veterans versus how they would still continue to walk past a Vietnam veteran that was wearing a, a you know, biker vest with patches that said Vietnam veteran and, you know, 67 to 72, and, you know, they could walk right past them. And, you know, in mine and Dale's eyes, we're looking at a person that's got, you know, multiple Purple Hearts, multiple Bronze Stars, multiple Silver Stars, and people of great honor and respect. And the community's just yet again passing them by. And you both mentioned that, that, you know, and we'll get into this in a little bit, but one of the things that Purple Heart Homes does in addition to building new homes is you go into communities where there are aging Vietnam vets, other veterans, and you help them rehabilitate their homes. And you both cited that these folks don't get that level of support and service that, that you all are, are seeing uh, today coming back from, from both Iraq and Afghanistan. Um, describe, you know, tell us a little bit about, you know, when you came home. I know, Dale, you, you started building a home, as, as I understand it, and the experience of the communities, the, the families, the, the churches that, that really fueled your desire to start Purple Heart Homes. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was honestly the, the way my community treated me and my family. Um, and, and there have been certainly many others like me who have had that warm welcome, you know, and that really John and I you know we were kind of didn't want to go back to working normal jobs it didn't mean the same uh, you know being that close to, to death and and dying and it really changes your outlook on life and um, you know by the grace of God we survived and given a second chance and I don't know, just, you know, followed signs, things that were showed to us and experiences that we had and living through injury and with injury and really seeing a need that wasn't being met. And that really, I think, has become a huge therapy for both of us. Um, it's something that veterans of other wars haven't really had an opportunity to do. This idea um, of giving much, back. Yeah, this idea of giving back to people you know, and you bring up a great point. Today, people just, we seem so divisive in our country today, and, and people are easily bitter and, and divisive, but yet just performing a service for someone like helping these people can be so enriching to people in, in, in any stage of life. I think that's that's something that's getting a little lost today around the country. Yeah, I just I want to say, you know, I think it's, you know, as, as Dale was pointing out, you know, it's, uh, it's a deeper issue for, for us in the sense of, you know, we, you know, experienced this, you know, instance of, you know, being so close to, to death and yet, 
you question, you know, why are you here? And for me, it was my second, you know, IED experience. And uh, in the first one, you know, there's seven people in the vehicle and six walk away with, uh, you know, injuries and I have none. And so you, you question, you know, you know, what, what is the purpose? And, you know, you start to seek and ask yourself, you know, how you, how you can contribute and how you can make a difference to make a greater impact. And I think, you know, for the military, both of us, you know, service was instilled, especially being North Carolina National Guardsmen and having seen people in great need, tragedy, if you will, on the home front and having seen a poverty of a third world nation and not that it was just to go fight in that nation but we were truly helping them hold their first free elections to become a sovereign nation themselves or attempt to and in the process you you really want to continue to give back Uh, i think it was a lot of inspiration from our community the way they responded to us it was as if we needed to Uh, rise up to meet their expectations, so to speak, or to live up to what they saw in us. And and with that in mind, when you contrast that with a Vietnam veteran that had people hating them when they come home, you know, it's hard for them to, you know, reassimilate into society. And, uh, you know, as to our own injuries and trying to give back, I think, you know, there, there is something to be said for, helping people um, in the sense that it helps you not see or not focus on your own injuries. Uh, Helping other people and trying to do something good for them really was a healing process for both of us. Yeah, it's interesting you say that. We had a guest on here before who noted that one of the most successful approaches to helping vets when they come home is to get them serving others. And, and by comforting and serving other people, that brings comfort and, and peace to them. So it's interesting you mentioned that. Why don't you take a few minutes and fill us in on the basics of Purple Heart Homes? Uh, how many homes have you built and renovated? How many people have you helped? What states are you working in? Give us sort of a snapshot. Yeah, um, so we're working, I think, about, John, correct me if I'm wrong, but somewhere between 22 to 25 states we've worked in. Um, we did... You know, it's an interesting point about what we were talking about just a second ago is you know, the first veteran we helped in 2010, we were done with this project. We were almost out of money, right? And so it was just one Vietnam veteran we helped. But we told him, welcome home and thank you for your service. And the guy broke down crying and he said, nobody's ever told me that before. So it was really the, the realization of wanting to know more about our veteran population in the country and 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 looking and researching and seeing that 80% of our veteran population are older than post 9-11 deaths. You know, they're, they're way out of that spectrum. So it was interesting to take up this challenge and, and you know, be able to help veterans that are different in uh, that they're not getting help from many organizations these days. And sometimes Purple Heart Homes is the only one that can help. And that really drives, you know, a lot of our desire to, to, to succeed. And really, you know, we can tell these stories about folks and, and about, for me, it is the projects that change people's lives where a Vietnam veteran volunteering on a younger veteran's home was able to release a burden he carried for 35 years or vice versa, the Vietnam veteran being 
surrounded by younger vets volunteering and they're able to bond and, and share that so um we, we've completed somewhere around 232 projects i believe maybe a little more by now um and one project in 2010 and in the past six and a half years you know we've really ramped up and have some pretty serious goals to try to complete 100 projects a year um which we've almost done last year and we're growing through chapters as well so we have chapters in uh in 10 different locations uh six different or seven different states and uh, as far west as colorado so we're really hoping people share in our philosophy and start a chapter in their community um and those that have done it have found the same rewards we have and the same ability to help people that otherwise wouldn't be able to be served uh, by, by charitable groups so uh, it's been a long road but you know I, I think one thing we've got that, that really helps is that there's two of us you know it's great to be able to have gone through all this with john and we lean on each other a lot uh, we compliment each other a lot and uh, it, there's something to be said for having a battle buddy Throughout this process, I mean, you talked about you did the first project. You guys were almost out of money. You're in eight states. You've done, uh, you know, over 200 of these things, small projects. You've done a number of big projects. How, how did it, what was the big sort of catalyst? Was there one big thing where somebody jumped in with you guys, or was it mostly grassroots sort of just building it slowly? And, and, and you know, you, you did one project, and people sort of came around you and sort of helped provide the funding the resources i noticed on your your twitter feed that a lot of home depots follow you you know there's investment firms that follow you it's it's you've just got a whole really diverse flock of people who are buying into what you guys are doing you're right there's a very diverse range of projects and we really started off wanting to help those veterans those older veterans and be able to help build some awareness to their needs we we knew they were a greater percentage and we knew they had disabilities and ailments and you know as as young men we felt a responsibility to help our elders to help those that you know had really gone before us and in the process you know we uh, you know sought out to do ramps and make bathrooms accessible and uh, kitchens accessible um, energy efficiency upgrades to help save a few dollars out of their fixed income budget and and through that you know we really started identifying just this great number of both uh, Vietnam veterans that had never owned a home as well as Iraq Afghanistan veterans that were looking to uh, find a home uh, you really can't say that it's feasible to give every veteran that comes home from war a free house and so we developed a program where the veteran uh, pays 50% of the value of a finished home. And uh, we developed partnerships with uh, some great organizations uh, like uh, Bank of America, Home Depot Foundation, uh, and many others, uh, as well as charities like Military Family Charitable Foundation and Patriot Charity uh, Foundation. And, you know, we, we really think that those community partnerships are not just limited to individuals there's always a place for an individual but we want to see corporations and key influencers in each community get involved
And eventually we started to say, you know, hey, look, you know, we see the, the difference is not John and Dale coming out to the project, but rather it's the, it's the person in the community that you're going to run into at the gas station. It's the person in the community you're going to see in the grocery store, you're going to see at your local church, or who's going to stop by and come check on your family. Those are the people that make reintegration possible and help build that expectation and hope in that veteran that they can contribute and give back and truly once again be a one percenter as they were a part of a great organization in the u.s military and uh, they they say that only one percent is of our population are uh, part of the military you're you're at your peak performance and suddenly you come home and you're labeled with a disability and people you feel that people view you as less than I, I love that about being part of the real 1%. I love that. I love that. You know, when Sam was on last, uh, Samantha was on last week, she really gave us a, a painted a picture of, you know, a young couple, both Purple Heart recipients, coming home, struggling, getting, you know, a young family, wanting to finish college, needing a home. I mean, it just painted the, you know, it was so compelling, the picture of that and and you go you all stepped in and and helped she didn't even know who you were and she called you and you guys said we want to help you this is happening time and time again for you all and there's a uh, a young couple Brandon Zettel and his wife just i believe took possession maybe last year of a home you all uh, uh built in Denver and he says you know Lincoln County's now our home because people there have rallied around them and that young couple with children is now able to have a community as well as a home um and you've built an organization there that supports that including the local fire department the local team D- depot other charitable organizations are there other stories of people like brandon that you want to mention well i mean really the the one i like the most is a uh, young marine as well who was uh, injured so badly that um he had permanent brain damage like that caused seizures and stuff like that. So it's like something he's never going to be able to uh, get rid of. You know, it's a it's a neurological, physiological damage to his brain and, and his back. And, um, you know, a family of five, and they were a pretty small one, one single-wide trailer. And, uh, you know, we, went through, they, we got a foreclosure and, and re- rehabbed it like our program was set up to do. And they moved about an hour and a half away from where they were living and really built a good base of, of operations for them and their kids to go to school. And they've been in the program for several years. Um, now they're at the point where they're ready to um, move back to where they were at originally, but they're able to now build their own house. And they've, they've done everything they're supposed to do. And, um, for us, you know, it was... Uh, an easy decision when they you know, they were saying, hey, we can we get out of the, the contract so we can get back closer to home? And, and of course, we helped them do that. And, and it was, you know, no big deal, but they achieved what the, what they set out to do. They got a good home, and now, you know, they're the first owners. They're going to sell it and be able to go get what they want where they want. And but they've proven to themselves that they're able to live like you're supposed to live. So what? You're a vet. So what? You got injuries. You know the tax man doesn't care, really. You still have to provide for your family. You still have to support your spouse. And, and a lot of times, we see the spouses are doing 
95% of the work for the family and, and being a caregiver. You know, so and we recognize that, that impact. And, um, you know, another good story is, you know, younger veterans, uh, a guy we were never even able to help, he just called us up. He said, hey, guys, you, you know, we told him, hey, he need credit repair. And just gave him a reference point to get some assistance. He called us up and said, hey, we were able to buy a new house. And something we just were able to tell him to help him, you know, five years later, he's able to now purchase, and all the roof needed to be replaced, and they had enough money to do that, too. And he called to, to tell us that it was because of us that we did it. So it's you know, it's just great to be able to have this uh, machine that we've built to hopefully be sustainable long-term, not only here at our corporate headquarters in North Carolina, but all over the country. And, you know, it's something that's going to last longer than us. And these veterans see the value and a lot of them are involved with us. Um, so, yeah, it's just a couple stories like that really give me uh, a great feeling and confidence to know that we're on the right path. And um, The best one I've heard recently is this guy got a ramp built and he's an older Korean war vet, couldn't get out of his house except when his son-in-law came over on Sunday to take him out into the yard where he could sit and paint and draw and stuff. So he built the ramp, and he's going up and down this ramp 50 times. And the, and the wife comes out and says, Honey, you know, we don't have enough ibuprofen in the house, but you can keep going up and down that ramp. <laughs> <laughs> but he, the desire and the freedom was there, but physically he wasn't able, and we made that change for him. So... Um, it's it's a wonderful thing we're able to have created and, and be fortunate to have so many great people supporting. Yeah, God bless you both for what what you're doing. I I you know as you mentioned, you know nine million uh, Vietnam vets is a number I've seen, and you know, I looked on your website and and was touched by the story of David Cantrell, who's a Vietnam vet, two Purple Hearts, struggles with nerve damage. Uh, you know, I, I, as many of us who grew up in and have seen people who've suffered from from Agent Orange and other things from different different eras, but you know they struggle day to day. He's got health issues. Their home needed new footers. You know I can understand that somebody owns an old home and over time you can't take care of it. And his big thing is I, I just want my wife Sherry to be taken care of. She says he says she's my rock. She means everything to me. She takes such good care of me, and I love her so much. Married forty seven years, and and you all. Uh, stepped in and helped him. And I'm sure there are numerous stories like that, as you've shared with us. It's just amazing uh, what you're doing. It's so, um, so true. And this one's certainly a sad one. And, you know, as Dale said, oftentimes, you know, it takes uh, time to fundraise. It takes time to rally the community. You don't always have uh, the ability to go execute right away. And we've got great partners that, you know, have helped support us to grow. But, uh, still yet, you know, those monies come in. Oftentimes they get, they get you know, allocated and they run out pretty quick. Yep. So we maintain yep. a pretty significant waiting list. And uh, unfortunately, Mr. Cantrell passed away here recently and unfortunately wasn't able to live to see those uh, repairs. And uh, we are still working with the family and uh, going to complete that project for them. But, you know, it's, uh, it's sad. And in uh, many cases, you know, the veterans are are still having that service mentality of taking care of others. You know, I know um, all the ones that we've spoken with, both before, you know, during their service and in their older age, all they really want is to be at home in a safe home. 
They just want to, you know, be able to live out their days in a home. And, you know, that might mean a hospice needs to come in. It might mean that there needs to be extra grab bars. It might mean that there needs to be a wider doorway. Uh, might need a few extra outlets put into the home for, you know, additional equipment. We've installed generators for uh, veterans with special needs and special equipment that, you know, has to have continuous power sources and, you know, there's there's so many needs. I look on your website and I, I see, you know, these Nashville millennials who you met and they jumped in and did a fundraiser for you and Corvettes for Vets and things like that. What are two or three of your biggest needs? If you could hit a home run, uh, another home run tomorrow, what would that look like? Would it would it be more being more tapped into the the army itself, like getting some some support from like you know AU, AUSA or or it sounds like you you've got a huge queue of people who need your services. What are some some movers, some levers in this for you guys? Obviously, money is a key one, but are there some some things you're looking to do um, or need here uh, over the, this year and, and going sure. forward? Certainly, from a money aspect, you know, and it's. This policy that you know hopefully will be addressed and, and soon uh, changed. You know the VA does a great job of uh, taking care of uh, veterans' health care. Uh, despite the bad stories we may hear, they're still the largest health care provider in the world, and they're only they're the only health care provider that provides solely for one demographic or one specific population. And uh, with that being said, you know we we really would like to see. Uh, more direct access, less regulated access to the housing funding grants for veterans' housing renovations so that charities and organizations like Purple Heart Homes can utilize some of those resources paired with the community's uh, volunteers and additional resources to help uh, execute those projects. We really feel it's the community's responsibility. Uh, We believe that those before us felt the same way and unfortunately uh, it's been lost uh, along the way but i think to uh, truly care for those that have uh, went and stood on the front lines for freedom i think that you know we really owe it to them to help them have a safe accessible home when they return so guys we've got just a little over a minute would you guys like to issue a call to action to listeners yes uh, i mean please just encourage everyone to, to visit our website um and that's uh, purpleheartholmesusa.org. And uh, just get involved any way you can and, and you know, recognize that we've, we've went from more than just being on a mission now to having a vision of changing the way America is thinking and treating about veterans as one whole population. Um, and we are making a difference, and we need any partners that want to step up and, and make a difference with us for, for veterans that might be just like some in their family. Look, if someone's interested in forming an Arlington or a Washington or a Maryland chapter of Purple Heart Homes, this is a great opportunity. We have a tremendous amount of veterans living here in in the Virginia area. Uh, Certainly for folks who are listening who might work on the Hill, I mean, let's get to work on freeing up these funds uh, for our veterans. Uh, We've got to get get to work on that to help people. I want to thank you both for joining us. Thank you for your service to our nation you're an inspiration to us and, and the same the hats off to samantha as well if listeners want to find out more about purple heart homes you can go to phhusa.org 
We'll also be posting more information about this on our Facebook and Twitter pages. A replay of the show will be found on the Grayson30.com website and the WERA.FM websites 24 hours after airing tonight. The show will also re-air in the Washington, D.C. area this Sunday at 8.30 a.m. Next week, we continue Military Month by hosting the producers of The Unknowns, a documentary on the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier. Ed, talk us out of this one, my friend. This is Ed and Sal signing off from Grayson 30 on WERALP, Arlington 96.7 FM. Everybody have a great night and be sure to tune into Grace. <laughs>